Hey guys, welcome to the Midweek College Podcast. My name is Caroline Head. I'm one of the communications interns here at Watkinsville First Baptist Church. And I've got Carly Malkowitz, my co-intern, and Jess Matheson, who's also on staff here at Watkinsville. And we are going to be talking about contentment in every season. So check it out. So if you didn't know, Jess is quite the writer. She's come out with a lot of different things, but most recently she wrote a book called Already Chosen. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about that with her. So Jess, can you tell us a little bit about your book and maybe some key highlights um, that you want to point out from what you wrote? Sure. Um, I basically wrote Already Chosen to encourage people who were in some kind of season of discontentment or waiting. And the subtitle is Loving Your Life in the Midst of Longing. And for me, I got married, um, I guess, almost three and a half years ago. But my husband was my first and only boyfriend. I never dated anybody else before him. And so I was kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And was in a lot of different weddings and constantly watching other friends walk down the aisle. And then even having friends start to have kids and just kind of felt like no one was ever going to choose me. And like my life was over and all these things. Um, but then just realized that God had already chosen me. And so during that season, um, there was a lot of refining, (laughs) a lot, and it was very painful. But um, the Lord just kind of showed me that I'm always going to be wanting something and that whenever I'm in a season of wanting, that he's going to be enough and that he's going to sustain me. So it's just an encouragement to people who are waiting and who feel like they're alone. That's really great. So can you talk a little bit about what made you realize that? What made you realize you were already chosen? What gave you this realization that you wanted to encourage people with? Um, I think that as I was kind of walking through seasons of loneliness or doubt or discouragement that God would answer my prayers in the way that I wanted him to answer them, I was constantly led to um, scripture that would just talk about how God has a plan for each one of us and how that plan is going to look different for each person's life. And so he began to show me that um, even if I never got married and never had my dreams come true, that he still had a plan for me. And so my life wasn't just a complete waste. And I think that a lot of the times, especially in the church and in Southern culture, we like to elevate marriage and family and kids and kind of have made an idol out of it. So I feel like because of that, if you don't have those things, you kind of feel like you don't belong, but that's totally contrary to what God's word says. And so I just kind of began to understand that, okay, if I, if I never got married, like would I still want to follow Jesus? Well, duh. So, so it kind of, that kind of helped me to understand, well, then that means that it can't be the end all be all. And it can't be the point of life. The point of life is that I follow Jesus and that I honor him and that I get to know him and that I try to make him known to others. And so that was kind of what brought it all for full circle. So you talk a lot about um, contentment and seasons of longing and waiting in your book in regards to marriage, but what are some ways that we can look at that um, in other contexts as well, that we can look at our own lives? How do we recognize um, those areas of discontentment and how do we start reconciling that with the Lord? So I think that if there are any areas where you find yourself tempted to or actually succumbing to bitterness or jealousy, then that's a clear indicator that you're not content in that area. And it doesn't have to be in the area of relationships. It can be anything. It could be material things. It could be a job. It could be um, someone who just has 
lots of power or position, it seems. But it could be literally anything that we can use to compare. And I feel like there's so many different things that we compare ourselves with others about. And so um, I think that when you find yourself looking at what someone else has and maybe you say like, the negative things about them to yourself to like comfort yourself or you're like oh well of course they got that their mom or dad is rich and they didn't have to work for it or you know or if you make like excuses or um kind of comfort yourself with negative things then that's a place where you're like okay wait a second <laughs> maybe I am looking to this to fulfill me because if you're looking at someone else and you're looking at their life and you're thinking oh my goodness like they have that awesome car or they got into that major and I didn't or you know they have this job promised to them or they got that internship or she has that boyfriend or whatever then it's clear that you're setting your sights on different things and thinking that once you get it then you're going to be happy and it's really easy to do that because in our society and in our culture we have all of these different stages throughout life and so it's kind of like check went to college check got a job check got married and so then when you're not in the right stage at the right time quote unquote you feel like you're off um so if you find yourself comparing or with jealousy or bitterness then those are places where that you can take to the father and say okay i know that this doesn't line up with what you want for me because you've given me everything i need through your son but for some reason i'm still wanting something else and there's no reason to be ashamed of that because we all do it and we're all going to continue to do it until we get to heaven but it's one of those things that once we are aware of we can bring it to him and say can you help me understand that you really are what's better because once you get the thing that you think will make you happy like you're going to be disappointed with it like when i got married all of my problems didn't go away my life actually got a lot more complicated <laughs> like and so i mean it's great but i'm not like oh now i'm perfect and now everything is beautiful and it's not like that at all so life is still life you're still going to have problems and trials in that job or the major or the relationship that you want so badly that you think will fix everything. And you can realize, okay, I just had that jealous thought about her. Maybe I need to unfollow her on Instagram or maybe I need to pray for her or just rejoice in what God's doing in her life and just recognize that it's her story and not mine. Yeah, I think there's a great tie in there with what we're talking about in John, uh, especially what we talked about last week in John 10 with the Good Shepherd and the abundant life and what it means to have life abundantly in Psalm 23 and just a lot of provision there. Um, and I just think that looking at at Jesus as our good shepherd, the one who is going to lead us by still waters and provide everything we need and, and be that leader for us. What are ways that you have really seen that happen? You have really seen um, the fulfillment of those promises, and maybe there are even some that you haven't seen fulfilled yet, but what are some ways we can really trust in that, that Jesus is going to be our good shepherd? So I think that for me, as I've... Um, kind of walk through each season of my life. I'm 30 years old. I don't feel 30. I feel old when I compare myself to y'all, but <laughs> I'm 30 <laughs> years old. And so I'm definitely not old by any sense of the imagination. I'm still relatively young, but oh, yeah. it's easy to see like the longer you live that God really is faithful because you've been through lots of different seasons. Um, and so I think that like as far as marriage goes and everything, it was crazy because everything just happened like the way 
that it was supposed to because it was in his timing and it and it was it didn't have to be forced and before i met rory i was like always trying to manipulate situations i would like stalk guys in coffee shops and stuff and like i was like <laughs> so crazy like i was legit crazy and so i was always trying to like make something happen and i think that when we get to the point where we're just like it's not it's kind of a fine line because there's a point where you can kind of like resign yourself and be like well i just don't care anymore and like if it's gonna happen it'll happen and you're kind of like I don't know apathetic about it or maybe just like you want to hope but don't know how to hope anymore because you're tired mm-hmm. like and that's not a bad place to be but there's kind of a fine line between that and then like just that place of surrender where you're like okay lord like your will not mine um and I think it's easy and I think it's easy in seasons where you like are longing for something or waiting for something to kind of go back and forth between the two mm-hmm. and I've definitely found myself in that in between in lots of different seasons of waiting. So for me, when I was writing this book, actually, Rory and I had just started trying to have a baby and it took a really long time. Well, not long compared to some, but a long time. And so it was like I was relearning these lessons all over again. And I was kind of like, really, Lord? Like, I thought I'd already learned it, you know? <laughs> like, But it was like, that's literally the same exact thing again and I was like we just went through this like two years ago we don't have to do it again like I got it and he's like except you did it you know (laughs) and so but and now I'm pregnant which is awesome but you know I mean I think about like the timing of everything and it's not like God wouldn't be good if I wasn't pregnant right now does that make sense so like even though there have been times in my life like those big things for sure where like yes I was I did get married yes I am pregnant now like God answered those prayers in the way that I wanted him to or not the way that I wanted to him to because it would have been sooner if it were up to me but um even if he didn't he would still be good and he would still be worth following and he would still be worth trusting and there's plenty of other things that I'm still waiting on and that I'm still praying through and I don't know how or if he'll answer the way that I think he should but yeah as I look back it's just easy to see that he's constantly faithful and there's definitely longings in my heart that I still have that aren't answered or that I'm just kind of um, praying into and hoping for but it's easy to get caught up and think that like the fulfillment of our prayers is like the answer to everything but even then after getting that fulfillment and that desire it's still not everything like Jesus is still supposed to be everything and so I think that's something that um, I find hard to sometimes remember because the seasons where things are so difficult and you're con- and you're waiting and you're constantly crying out like those are actually really rich and like really special with the Lord because you are just so desperate for him. Mm-hmm. But it makes that reaping of the harvest a lot sweeter when you're able to look back and see everything that he's done and what he's brought you through to get you to where you are. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming in and talking about your book and just about finding contentment in seasons of longing, which I'm sure we can all relate to right now as Thanksgiving is right around the corner and holidays are coming up. So thanks again and thanks to everyone that's listening today. We'll see you back here next week.